This Sunday, Fox, 10 a.m., Francis beat Morocco. Was it 2 or 3 nothing? I think it was 2 nothing. And then they're playing Argentina now. Interestingly enough, Messi's Argentina team lost to Saudi Arabia in the first game of the World Cup, first match, and they made the finals. And back in 2010, Spain also did and won the World Cup. As you know, Argentina lost their first match to Saudi Arabia. Messi has five goals, three assists, and also has been the fa- has been fouled the most in the World Cup with 20 fouls. He's playing awesome. I really want to get his first cup. I, I, don't, I can't root for France. I just can't. I just won't. I really wanted England to beat them. And, you know, Kane missed. I'll tell you, penalty kicks are hard, man, because it's just you against the goalie. you got to place the ball. You know, it seems so easy, and it isn't. And, you know, I can't stand it at the end of the matches. Mbappe, Mbappe went down today, and he's on the ground grabbing his ankle. But then he's back up running again. Goalie went down for Morocco. He's back up. I can't stand that stuff. Now, if you notice, I have a picture up here. Jeremiah Johnson, 12 years old. The tattoo is fake. The goatee is not. He played for the Dallas Dragons Elite Academy in the 2022 Youth National Championships this weekend in Miami, this past weekend, he was the, if the trophy says he is the 12 and under D1 MVP, that's a trophy he's handing, holding right now. It looks like the Heisman almost. I mean, it does look like the Heisman. It is the Heisman. And he's 12 years old. And Tariq Hill says his, his kid's not playing football because at 12 because these kids are built differently. I saw he's 198 pounds. People are saying it's like the 12-year-old in bench warmers. I don't know. That is a very big kid. But if you look at his arms, he's got very, he looks like a kid's body with a adult face. I mean, some kids are just built differently, I guess. And I don't know. I mean, his mom says that the goatee is real. The tattoos are fake. Yeah, I don't think she'd let a 12-year-old get tattoos. And he was running through the defense. He's a running back. I guess Saban's going to go and reach out to him, see if he can play in the future. We'll see. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, wow, that's a big, big kid. Now, back to the World Cup. You know, I read also that Claudio Reina's son, Gio, the reason he didn't play a lot, especially against Wales, he didn't get the starting nod. He wasn't happy about that. But they played in a, a scrimmage, an exhibition, a game before the World Cup, and they said his, what's the word, his fitness level and his, he just really wasn't playing very hard. And coaching staff noticed, and players noticed, and they tried to get on him. I think his dad tried to get on him, and he really didn't bring it. And they said in practice he wasn't really going 100%. Now, I know he's 20 years old, a young kid, but your dad played at the top level. He was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to help the team. He really didn't do anything. I think he played a total of 52 minutes in the World Cup. And he played very, very minimal. And I saw that and I was like, dude, you're at the pinnacle of the sport. And you come in and you're going half-assed like that. How do you do that stuff? You got to you gotta play. I mean, I don't know what more motivation you need. So maybe, okay, you didn't get a starting nod and the coaching staff wasn't happy. And they weren't, I guess your fitness wasn't up to par. Uh, you, you weren't playing as hard as you should have been. And, you know, it was the World Cup. They're, they're going to play the best players they can. They needed him. I mean, they scored three goals in four matches. I I think the USA is far, far away from competing in a World Cup. I, I didn't see a team that I was like, wow, they're going to go on and really kick some ass now. No. I saw a team that has a long way to go, and when you look at the best of the best, I mean, even Morocco was the first African nation to make it to the semifinals, and I don't think that you... And when they play the Netherlands, Netherlands looked like they were... They looked like a D3 team playing a D1 team in football. They looked totally outmatched out there. I know they got one goal, but... 
I thought they Netherlands can turn it on and off. USA can't turn it on and off. They're just not that team. And I've seen better teams in the past than this team right now. I mean, let's see. we got four more years. 2026, they automatically qualify because it's the North Americans. North America, the World Cup. We'll see how that goes. But they got a lot of work to do. And I feel like that's all I keep saying is like everybody's playing. It's the biggest sport. MLS, all this stuff. And I don't see it translate to the field. I mean, the women's team competes in every World Cup, is a top team, has won numerous World Cups, and the men's team, not even close, not even the same level. I'm glad the women are getting paid the same equal pay as the men because they deserve it. And the men, yeah, that's my raspberry for saying they're not that good. And I saw UNC has a new offensive line coach, Randy Clement. Cole Kublak, a guy I respect a lot, said he's a great hire. North Texas is playing in the Frisco Bowl versus Boise State on Friday at 9.15. I mean, some people wrote, protect Drake May. Now, Drake May staying. I, I thought he was, might be going. He's staying. You, you lost your offensive line coach. They're going to play in the Holiday Bowl against Oregon. I guess we'll see what happens next year. I don't know. I mean, they finished. They, they just stunk it up last three games of the season. They lost. And this was a team I was expecting so much greatness from this year. I got so excited, and then it went. And Kyler Murray, done for the season. Rondell Moore, who always seems to be injured. I keep expecting him to blow up for the Cardinals. He's done. And that game Monday night, man, oof, that was ugly. And now I guess it's going to be Colt McCoy. They just signed David Blow from the Vikings practice squad. Remember, he was with the Lions, got cut in the preseason. They're saying, one doctor said that he's not going to be ready until late 2023, early 2024 for Kyler Murray. Let's see if he's a big healer. But really, it happened at the end of the season, which is going to affect next season. Really need a year to recover. Look at OBJ. Now they're saying he's going to sit out and he'll be one of those highly... How is he the most highly... I keep hearing his highly, most highly coveted free agent wide receivers out there at 30 years old, missing a full season? No. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see that he's the guy I'm going to go after to build my offense around. He's not the same player. He's coming off a major knee surgery. He missed all this season. I, I don't see it. And they're saying who the, the Cardinals could go after in free agency. Gardner Minshew... Daniel Jones, maybe they said, because he's going to be a free agent. I don't know if the Giants are going to re-up with him. I don't think it's all his fault with the Giants. They've had a lot of injuries. I was reading up. Dan Dugan wrote a great article where since Xavier McKinney went out this season, the defense has suffered. Uh, since since Saquon hurt his shoulder in week five, his numbers have, have gone down tr dramatically. They're playing. They have the hardest last four games winning percentage hardest uh, uh the best teams going forward i mean it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be tough for the giants i mean they have they started six and one the giants they've been one four and one since the you know run game hasn't been the same you know since you know well the, the run game down which means the passing game hasn't been great this whole season and he's nobody to throw the ball to i mean that's the thing too i saw you know evan ingram had his best game as a pro, pretty much for the Jags this past week. And I was looking. They haven't had a, a wide receiver. I'm trying to think since Shockey. I mean, that's the last great tight end they've had. And Evan Ingram this season, you know who's, you know, he's he's got 53 catches, 548 yards, and four touchdowns against Baltimore. Uh, uh, so listen to this. So against Baltimore, he had one catch for four yards. 
against Detroit. He had five catches for 30 yards touchdowns. This past week in Tennessee, 11 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. But they don't, have, and and he always was a guy I was expecting to be. He he has all the attributes. He's physical. He's a big guy. He can catch the ball. He's highly athletic. But he hasn't put it all together. I mean, he made the Pro Bowls first year. A lot of drops, but they're not playing great. They entered the season with major questions at several positions: tight end, offensive line, inside linebacker, cornerback. And you signed Nick Vanette and inside linebacker Jalen Smith in October, November. Those are not guys that are going to make your team better going on there. Osmano Vakbar, how you doing? JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate me on iTunes. And you know that they're talking about Jalen Hurts and Micah Parsons for MVP. Jalen Hurts, man, he has had a season. He's playing phenomenal. Running the ball, passing the ball, cutting back on the turnovers, getting the job done. Sterling Shepard for the Giants. He, he, season-ending knee injury. Aaron Robinson, cornerback, he's out season-ending knee injury. You've had Williams, Leonard Williams missed four games. You've had outside linebacker Aziz Ojolari missed nine games. Adoree Jackson because they Rich, Richie James had two fumbles against the Seahawks earlier this season, so they put in Adoree Jackson, and you know, listen, when you put a guy, you should not have a starters returning kickoffs and punts. Punt return gets hurt. He's out for three games. McKinney with that ATV accident on the bye week. He's out five games. He got the pin out, pins out, but they're not sure if he's going to play. That has hurt them. You've had second, Wandell Robinson done for the season. Marcus uh, McCathin, the kid out of UNC, he's done for the season. Fifth, that's a fifth round pick. Another fifth round pick, DJ Davidson. Sixth round pick, Darian Bevers, all suffered torn ACLs. They were done. They're all done for the season. And a lot of those guys didn't even get any playing time. I mean, Wandell Robinson had a 100-yard game, and then he was done for the season. You had that going. First round pick, uh, Thibodeau missed two games. Evan Neal, offensive lineman, he's missed four games. Uh, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. All these guys missing games. You have third round pick. You had uh, Flott and Azudu, Josh Azudu, both missed. They missed a combined nine games. Daniel Bellinger, he got poked in the eye. The kid out of San Diego State, four games he's missed. And Dane Belton. Also, fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. He's missed a game. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones also curtailed his running midway through the season, dealing with ankle and knee injuries. They were when before McKinney got injured, they were eighth in passing defense first eight games. Since then, they are twenty fourth, giving up more than twenty five yards more per game passing since McKinney went down. And and definitely definitely uh, explosive plays. The last five games, eighteen passes of twenty plus more yards in the first eight they gave up 23 that's a big thing i talk about barkley before he got injured 5.5 yards per carry last eight games 3.6 the last six games 3.3 which places him second lowest among 48 qualifying rushers that's how far he's gone down he's over a thousand yards but he was he was on pace to run for maybe 16 1700 yards this season that's not going to happen and first 17 games barkley had 17 carries at 10 plus yards fourth most of the league and six of 20 plus yeah, and nine, and he's had nine of ten yards since week eight, which is sixteenth, and two carries of twenty plus, which is eighteenth. They were averaging over one hundred seventy-three yards rushing in the first seven games. Since then, one hundred and eighteen. That's a that's a huge drop in rushing yards per game for the Giants, and the offensive line blocking as an effect on Jones and Barkley. Listen to this: Daniel Jones has been pressured on forty-four percent of his dropbacks. Second highest league. He's getting every, one of the two passes. He's being pressured. To the point where you can't do much, and he's not having great, great passing yards, 
passing game for them. They're, you know, I mean, and listen to this. The D's are focusing now because, you know, they have to pass the ball so they can stack the line. Barkley's 21% of his carries since week eight have been no gain or negative yards. 21% of his carries. Negative, zero yards or negative. First seven games, it was 17%. So the line's always been a problem for him. He hasn't had a great line, and, you know, that, that, that affects him. That affects him. So the first seven opponents, when they went 6-1-1, one, and 6-1, one, and one, 43 winning percentage. The past six have been 5-64. You take out the Texans, who have one win in the season, it's 6-54. The final four games, they have a 6-54 winning percentage. That's the second toughest in the league. I'm sorry, I thought it was the first. So the Giants, going forward, they, they play Sunday Night Football Washington at the Vikings, host the Colts, and at the Eagles. So three of the four games away, where Washington, I wanted to check out what the Commanders have, they host the Giants at the Niners, host the Browns, and host Dallas. So both teams have very tough runs going forward. We'll see how that works out. But, you know, I mean, the problem, line, you need a line. Harris talked about it all the time. You need offensive line. And if you can't protect the quarterback, and Barkley is a injured running back, and they're seven five and one, and they don't have any depth. And it worked at the beginning of the season, but they can't really, you know, you don't have guys that can, you don't have any receivers right now. Barkley's playing hurt. Jones can't get any protection, and the D is dealing with a lot of guys that should have been should be guys that are filling in or maybe playing in specific situations are now starting because McKinney's out and everything, and a lot of guys getting hurt. And Wandell Robinson was starting to show that he could play. I mean. It's, it's crazy. And they, they didn't get anything from, oh, my God, from uh, Galladay has basically been, yeah, he's he's useless. He's, he's not even a player this year. And, you know, I, you know, I was looking, and, and Shepard got hurt early in the season, which really sucks for them. And it, it just shows that the Giants do not have, yeah, I, I was trying to see New York Giants player stats. That's what I wanted to see. So the Giants... Yeah, I mean, show rushing and receiving. Okay, so Barkley, I said I was 1,083 yards. Jones has 548. Then Matt Breida has 118. Okay, your leading receiver this year is Darius Slayton with 35 catches for 608 and two touchdowns. That's your leading receiver. Your second leading receiver is Isaiah Hodgins with 17 catches for 183 yards and touchdowns. Those are your top. Those are your top two guys. You take even, okay, you take even their top four guys. So the top four guys, that's six, eight, nine, fifty. Their top five guys don't even come close. Justin Jefferson has 1,500-yard receivings. The Giants receivers as a whole have 253 catches for 2,592 yards. Even Barkley has 42 catches for 261, which is this would be the second most receptions and second leading receiver on the team, which shouldn't happen. They have nobody to go to. So to be seven five and one right now is impressive. I don't know how they're going to finish the season. Right now they're in the playoff hunt, but we'll see how the season ends. They got a tough road ahead. It is going to be very tough for them. And how about Alex Ovechkin? PK Subban says he could go for a thousand. He got his eight. He got his seven ninety eight, seven ninety nine, and eight hundredth tr- goals yesterday. A hat trick, seven three over Chicago. Twenty in the season, eight hundred on the career. One behind Gordy Howe. Eight. And he's 94 behind Gretzky. Gretzky, so he's played his, he played his 1,305th game last night, Ovechkin. He got his 800th goal at the same. Gretzky had 853. That's how great Gretzky was. But he's going to pass Gretzky. 
Um, Michigan didn't think it was going to happen. It's going to happen. And he is, it's crazy. It's crazy. So Gretzky is 894, 800 goals for a career. It's unbelievable how he's playing. And most seasons with a hat trick, Gretzky had 16, Ovechkin has 15. Just um, 800 goals. Think about that. That is a lot of goals, folks. That is a shitload of goals. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm like, I thought there was a record I never thought would be broken. And it looks like there's a chance it, it could be broken, and we'll see what happens going forward. But that that's impressive. That is very impressive right now. So we'll see what happens going forward. And Mike Leach died at 61. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. 61, air raid. He went to Pepperdine Law School and then decided to become a coach. When he got hired by... He had a couple jobs, and in 89, he got job, uh, hired by Hal Mummy at I.O. Wesleyan, and Mum, Hal Mum said he could have made 200000 as a lawyer, but he decided to be a coach for 12000 So in 98, he was a coach at Kentucky for Hal Mum, and Stoops saw how good he was against Oklahoma, and he says, i got to have this guy as my offensive coordinator. So in 99, he brings Josh... Josh Heupel, who is now the coach at Tennessee, he comes in. He said that he w- they were going to go for more of an air raid, which was which Hal Mum had started, and then he became the 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 torchbearer for was Mike Leach. So in '98 with John Blake, they went five and six Oklahoma. They averaged 17 points a game. '99 they bring in Mike Leach and Josh Heupel. They go 7-5. and five. They lose in the Independence Bowl that year to Ole Miss 27-25. But they go from scoring 17 points a game under John, Blank, John Blake to 99. Bob Stoops' first year, they go 7-5. They average 36 points per game. Yeah. And you know, it, unbelievable. Unbelievable what he did. And he transformed that program. Then he gets the job at Texas Tech. One of his walk-on quarterbacks was Lincoln Riley. So Lincoln Riley was one of his walk-on quarterbacks. And I found something here which I was like, so I, I, I want I wanted to talk about this. Let me let me see. I gotta find it right now because I, I have a lot of stuff. I haven't done show in a couple days. Haven't been feeling great, so I'm like I gotta. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, let me see if I can find this. Yeah, he died Tuesday. I'm see. He died yesterday at 61. One time, Mike Leach told one of his players that he wasn't going to play probably at all. That he, but, but that he'd like to have him start coaching as a student assistant. The kid got pissed and left his office, came back the next day and took the job. That kid was Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley has had six Heisman Trophy winners, has had three Heisman Trophy winners in six years as a head coach. 66 and 12 at Oklahoma and USC. He had Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and now Caleb Williams this past year, this year for USC. That was what he told. Come back as student assistant. He wanted to go. He wanted to go learn from Mike Leach, and everybody came to learn from Mike Leach. They came from Japan. They came from England. There were people in there every day. They said it was like. And Mike Leach says, "I'm a coach, so I should teach." He wasn't about keeping secrets. He wanted to put it out there, and people have stories to tell about him. He was a great guy. He was a phenomenal. You know, just a, everybody has these great stories. Yeah, and yeah, that's what he. How Mum was the creator of the air raid, but he said that Leach became the champion at Texas Tech. And in 21 seasons as a coach, 10 years they led the FBS in passing yards with when he was head coach. 10 of the 21 years. And he is 596 winning percentage. You need 600 to get to the College Football Hall of Fame. They said they should, they should, he, he won everywhere. He, he is the only coach in Washington State, 103 year history, to win 11 games. They won 11 games at Washington State. That's how good he was. 
Yeah, he would teach to anybody. He didn't care where they came from. Never won a conference title. Never got a shot at one of the big, one of the sports powers. But two of his protégés, Sonny Dykes is leading TCU into the college football playoff against Michigan. He he worked under Leach at Texas Tech and Lincoln Riley also at Texas Tech. And before going to Texas Tech, uh, Leach, they, they got to the Cotton Bowl, the Red Raiders, in 39 and 95. Leach took them twice in nine years, 2006, 2009. They haven't been back since he left in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. 11 wins at Washington State, which is, yeah, crazy. Yeah. And and the last win of, of his of his coaching career, they, they beat almost the Egg Bowl, Seventh win over a ranked team in the AP poll while Mississippi State was unranked in the past three years. No other school has more than four wins as an unranked team versus a ranked team in that span. Seven. Now, you know, I mean, he didn't have great teams, but always had great passing. Uh, I talked about, yeah, Sonny Dykes and Riley. Unbelievable. I mean, Riley this year, 11-2. Dykes, 12-1. College football playoff. And USC is playing Tulane in the Cotton Bowl this year. Yeah, he's amazing. Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker, was fifth in the Heisman. He he played for Leach at Oklahoma. Leach played rugby at BYU. I I, I think that's kind of crazy. Leach got his start, I said, at Iowa Wesleyan for $12,000. And in 21 years, 596 win percentage. 10 years at Texas Tech, he had a 661 winning percentage, 5-4 and four in the Bowls. Washington State, 55-47, and 539-8 years. They went 2-4 and four in the Bulls, though 2018, 11-2, and, and finished number 10 in the country, and they beat Iowa State at the Alamo Bowl, Alamo Bowl 28-26. And the Mississippi State, three years, 19-17. and 17, They're, They want to play in the – they're going to play in that – what's at the ReliaQuest Bowl, which used to be called the Outback Bowl. They're going to play noon on January 2nd against Illinois in the – Rely, uh, rely a quest bowl, and the team said that's what he'd probably want that we'd want them to do, and I agree. I mean, he had a career one fifty eight one oh seven five ninety six win percentage, six and five in bowl games. No, no, I'm sorry, not six and five in bowl games, but five and four, seven and eight, eight and nine, eight and nine in bowl games. Yes. So I, I just, you know, I, I read all this and I just was like, I want to give him props. He was a hell of a coach. There wasn't a lot like him. I would have liked to have seen him coach at a, at a program where he would have been given the talent level to compete. Though he had some great teams, Texas Tech. Texas Tech had, uh, they had Crabtree. There was, they, they could have played for a national championship. They had a couple losses at the end, but always made it interesting and always threw for a shitload of yards and always had a good story to tell. He, he, was, he was an interesting guy, so rest in peace. That sucks. And how about this? Ken Niamatololo, 15 years at Navy, 109 and 83, 6 and 5 of bowl games. The winningest coach at the Naval Academy was fired after they lost 2017 to Army in the first overtime game in the series by 80 Chet Gladchuk who said the goals, and he talked about this before the season, he said it was winning the Commander-in-Chief trophy and bowl eligibility. Those expectations communicated to him before the season, clearly. And the problem was is that Niyama Tololo went 2-5 and five against both Army and Air Force the last seven years. And you can't, you don't beat those teams. I mean, it doesn't happen there. 2007 to 2022, the coach there, I mean, to get fired right after the game, after you lose like that, 
I guess they were waiting to make that happen. He says, and what, what did I see that uh, Gladchuck said? Well, there's corporate sponsors and all this. He has gra guys graduating. Everybody, And also, this is the thing, during the pandemic, Army and Air Force, they gave, you know, COVID years, they got extra years of eligibility. Government said, nope, you go to, you go to, you go to the Naval Academy, you get four years, and you get four years only. So he, uh, he said, Nia, Nia Matololo said that there was a lot of things playing against him. Well, four fewer wins three years in a row. Said players didn't get extra year. I talked about that. Also, Navy doesn't redshirt because you have to graduate in four years. They other academies classes end at noon, so they get in a couple meals before practice. Whereas Navy's classes went to three thirty. He had twenty two players returning for next season, so he wanted to finish out his contract. He goes, I don't care if you fire me after the season. You're going to lose Cincy, Houston, and UCF to the Big Twelve. And he said, if they lose, he'd resign. Just wanted to finish the contract. No. Which I think is kind of ridiculous. 15 years and you didn't want to give him the year with all the guys back next year. 22 starters back for the following season. They went 3-7 and seven in 2020. 4-8 in 2021. 4-8 this year. 2019, 11-2 when, when the Liberty Bowl over K-State 2017. I think that counts for something. I mean, he, he has a very... I know they've had down years. And I guess three down years in a row is a lot. But he had players coming back next year. And they did beat UCF. Which was gonna could have played for the which played for the AAC championship. They beat them this season, so there was a big win this season. I think he got the shaft. I think I would have liked to seen him, but you have a you have a guy who's an agenda, and you have to beat you have to beat the service academies, which he did not do. And I just think they could have done it a little. I mean, fifteen years. I mean, well, I still remember Lane Kiffin got fired on the got off the plane. They fired him. He didn't even get to fly back with the with the team from USC. So 80s can be assholes like anybody else. People can just have a grudge. I mean, maybe he wanted his own guy in there. I don't know. I don't think I'd want to take a job at the service academy. That's tough work. That is very tough work. But you have to win. You have to win the service academy games. They didn't win it. And um, I don't know if he's going to keep coaching. I don't know if that's the thing he wants to do. We'll see going forward. But time will tell on that one. Now, ah, the Jets. The Jets, the Jets, the Jets. 11-season playoff drought, longest NFL Six and three start to start the season. They are now one and three. What are they? Seven and six now. Which six and three start was combined was their combined win total in 2020-21. Now they're seven and six. The problem is they are five and five in the conference in AFC, where the Chargers are also seven and six, but they are five and four in the conference. Also, they their chance of winning the AFC East for the first time since 2002 is minuscule because the Bills are 10 and 3 and they split the games. Bills have to f finish 2 and 2 to win out. The Jets lost. Also the problem is the Jets for the playoffs, they lost to the Ravens 9 and 4 and the Bengals 9 and 4 and they have to finish ahead of those two teams in the win column to even get in the playoffs because they lost to both teams in the regular season. So the Jets have the Lions this week who I mean that's the thing. You you have Sauce Gardner who's the highest rated uh rookie by the Pro Football Focus, he's he has a rating of over 87, and they only caught one catch. Gabriel Davis had one catch for six yards, so he's locked down. But the problem is, is that you know uh, they're playing a Lions team this week that just beat the Vikings. They're six and seven, and they had Amon Wright, Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, and Jamison Williams. The rookie out of Alabama who had his who tore his knee last year in the was it the college football playoff or was I think it was the the SEC championship game 
They combined for 13 catches for 203 yards and two touchdowns last week. Jared Goff is playing lights out. And the good thing about so that's going to be a problem, but the Lions don't have the best defense, which could help the Jets. And if you saw that play last week, Mike White got bent in half, hurt his ribs. They're calling him a warrior. He's supposed to be starting. And now Flacco has been relegated to third string, which means I guess he's going to be inactive. And the backup will be Zach Wilson this week. And I don't know why they keep saying put Zach Wilson back in, because I think the offense has played a lot better with, with Mike White. And I think that's going forward. So they have to win. They got to beat the Lions, and they, they well, I'm going to the game Thursday night against the Jags, freezing my ass off, but I'm going to go. It's going to be fun with Jay. We'll see what happens. The Dolphins are 8-4. They meet Week 18. That could be a tiebreaker. The Pats are 7-6 after their win Monday night over the Cardinals, and they beat the Jets twice, so they're on the tiebreaker there. The 538 website says the Jets' chances of making the playoffs 37% right now, uh, 0.3% for the AFC East and 0.2 for the Super Bowl. I'm just trying to get them to have a winning season. Let's see what it got. But if they beat the Lions and Jags, it goes to 65%. The Seahawks have been going downhill. If they beat Seattle, it goes up to 78%. The time New York Times, as of Monday, had them 46% to make the playoffs. If they beat the Lions and Jags, it improves at 66%. So they got to win games. But still, I, I checked their schedule. So, you know, of, the, of all the teams at the conference, the Bills host Miami Saturday. Then they at the Bears, at the Bengals, and they host the Pats. So that's that's a stack. The Pats at the Raiders host Cincinnati, host Miami at the Bills. They could lose all four games. I feel like the Patriots are on the cusp of the season going. And play. I I didn't think they play well at all. The D, Uche and Uche had his tenth sack. He stripped the ball that they returned for a touchdown. I feel the defense is playing well. I think the offense, uh, Ramondre Stevenson went down with a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a while. They were using that cornerback, the guy who returned the punt return against the Jets to win the game. He's been being used as a receiver this year. That's why I got to look up the Pats. Yeah, and I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Pats punt returner, the kid, the rookie out of... Marcus Jones. So Marcus Jones is being used in offense now. That's that's what's that's what's happening with this team right now. They're not playing great football, but they're seven and six. And this schedule right at the Raiders. Raiders are pissed how they played Monday night. The Cincinnati is playing very well, very good football right now. Then they host Miami. Miami did not look. Miami was terrible on Sunday night. I mean, Tua had some. I mean, Tyreek had a big touchdown catch and he had a fumble for fifty yards. But that offense, two straight weeks of not playing well, Tua after playing so well. And then at the Bills, the Dolphins at Buffalo, they host Green Bay at Pats and host Jets. Now the Jets get the Lions and Jags, and Jags are playing better ball. They're playing better ball at Seattle. That is always a tough place to play. That's New Year's Day, and then at Miami, we'll see what happens going forward. But it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough road for them. It really is. It's going to be a tough road for them. Yeah, and and then you know, I mean, this is another thing. The Ravens have you know, might not have. Lamar Jackson back until Christmas Eve, so you could have. They beat the Steelers. They're at the Browns this week, and maybe they will have Falcons on Christmas Eve with Desmond Ritter playing quarterback because Marcus Mariota went into the on IR for a knee injury that they said he never had never been reported, never been on the injury report, and now he's going to miss the rest of the season. His wife just had his first kid, so they benched him before the knee injury, and I think they're going to go with Desmond Ritter. They're five and eight, and they're still they're a game behind. The Bucks, because the Bucks are, I mean, just terrible. I mean, they got they got their asses kicked on Sunday. Brock Purdy, uh, they have a huge game Thursday night against the Seahawks. 
if they win the Niners, they basically clinch the NFC West for all intents and purposes. They'll be ten and four, and the Seahawks would be seven and seven. So we'll see how that goes. I I think I don't think Lamar Jackson could be back until they host the Steelers on New Year's Day. That's the last. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes going forward, but we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Kadarius Tony was out again with a hamstring. It's a different team, same shit. Oh, and uh, the Saints were fined three hundred fifty thousand. Dennis Allen. 100,000 and co-defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen 50k Cameron Jordan 50k for faking an injury uh, and taking a knee on the Monday Night Football loss against the the Bucks when they lost 17-16 and he said it's you know they're going against his legacy they're saying that he said he was hurt dude I don't know Jesse Bates the same thing was allegedly faking an injury versus KC Jamar Chase was fined 15,000 for that throwing the money shit against uh, after T Higgins touchdown against KC you don't need that shit. I mean, I, I, I like the, I like guys playing and being excited and shit, but that shit I don't need. And Pat's only NFL team with two players in top 10 for pressure rate. First time since 2011 with two players with 10 plus sacks. Back then they had Andre Carter and Mark Anderson. So you got, thank you, Chad Graff for this. But Matthew June on 14 and a half sacks. He's tied with Nick Bosa for the lead. And Josh Uche, he has only 245 snaps on defense and he is way ahead. He's like, guy. every guy in the top 10 has over 500 snaps. The kid out of Michigan's getting it done. I mean, the defense is helping them. The problem is, they got a tough schedule going forward. I don't think it's going to matter. We'll see what happens there. Mayfield, I thought he was starting the rest of the year. Now they're saying he's going to start for his Green Bay, at Green Bay, on Monday Night Football, a game that means nothing. I really hope that maybe Jordan Love gets some playing time because John Wolford is out with a neck injury. Mike Boone's out for the Broncos for the season with an ankle injury. OBJ, I talked about. Debo is going to be out three-ish games, they're saying, with knee and ankle injuries. And I was talking to Damien about this. I said, Damien, dude, you got guys. You That's why you got CMC. Why is Debo Samuel carrying the ball so damn much? Jerry Rice was agreeing. You, I mean, he's six foot two fifteen, but the guy gets hurt. Let him be a receiver. Let him go. But don't give him 10 carries as a running back. He's not a it, – it just – and you lose him. You, you need a guy like him going forward. It's ridiculous. And Damien Pierce – out for one to three games with a high ankle sprain. The kid out of Florida for t- the Texans, he's been a bright spot. 939 yards, four touchdowns, almost f- over four yards a carry. He's probably going to miss the rest of the season. We'll see if he gets in. I'd like him to get 1,000 yards. It'd be nice. I don't think it's going to happen. Justin Jefferson is 465 yards from breaking Megatron's record back in back in 2012. Megatron had a, two, 122 catches, 1,964 yards. And five touchdowns, 16 yards, a carry, uh, a catch. Yeah. Megatron. I mean, he had a career. So that's the record. Is 1964 back in 2012. Justin Jefferson, with four games left, has 1,500 yards. Calvin Johnson was a hell of a player. Justin Jefferson, 99 catches, 1,500 yards, 15 yards a catch, and six touchdowns. And the last, the Vikings are not playing good ball, man. The Vikings have given up five consecutive 400-yard games. Defensive coordinator Ed Donatel's on the hot seat, but but uh, they right now they're going to let him do the play-calling duties. They play the Colts on Sunday, which should help them. They as I said, they signed. Um, we'll see what happens with the Vikes. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's they and, and the Lions came to play, man. I'll tell you, that's going to be a tough game for the Jets. That's going to be a very tough game for the Jets. 
yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens going on there. But yeah, and Justin Jefferson, they're ten and three still. So the Vikings get in the playoffs. If they do any damage, that's another story. But we'll see what happens on that front. And the NFL considering ejections for roughing the passer penalties and defenseless players. They're also thinking of making that a review a reviewable play. There was a play on what was it? Sunday night football. The 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 Dolphins got called for roughing the passer where he tacked uh, sacked Justin Herbert and like he went down on him but I didn't I felt like he went down on him but he, he landed on top of him so they thought he put all his weight I've seen much more I mean they got to do something about this this isn't this isn't two hand touch this is football and I don't like this that you know in college they eject players I don't know about roughing the passer and defenseless players but they got to look into this it's not working yeah and. Zach Wilson has all the confidence in the world after the benching. Of course he does. Of course. You know, he's got ladies. He's got older ladies, and uh, he's got cougars to keep him happy, and uh, things will be okay on that front. And Von Miller watched the Jets-Bills game at a sports bar, and Elena Getzenberg asked, uh, what was it like? He goes, well, he rented it out the whole bar, so I guess it was like being at home but at a sports bar. That's when you got fuck you money, when you can rent out a whole sports bar. Yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll rent out the whole sports bar. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, I guess I guess when you have money, you can do shit like that. And Boston last night beat the Lakers in overtime, 122-118. Lakers are 11-16. The Celtics are 22-7. They're in 4-2 on the road trip. And and I'll tell you, man, Jason Tatum, 44 points. He is playing out of his mind. I mean, jeez. And listen to this. Boston, Lakers are up 13 with 425 left, 5 with 59 seconds left, 2 missed free throws by Anthony Davis. Came his free throws, and the Celtics ended the game on a 29-8 run. Uh, 80 at 37 points, 12 rebounds. James had 33 points, 9 rebounds. Russ had 20 points, uh, f- uh, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. But he can't shoot. I looked at his stats. He was like 7 for 19, 1 for 6 from 3. Guy can't shoot. But he does everything. He, he fills up the stat sheet. I mean, hey, you know, I mean... James Harden, first player in Sixers franchise history with 15-plus points and 15-plus assists in back-to-back games. He had 21, 15 assists, seven rebounds, five steals last night. They beat the Kings 123-103. Another, it's, it's just mediocrity. 15-12, and 12, you, got the, the, you got the Sixers. 14-10, the Kings. Nerland Nowen, Noel, who played in the Knicks, bought out by the Pistons. They said the Blazers, Mavs, Heats, and Kings are interested. You have the Suns, 16-12. They've lost 6-7. You have the Jazz that start 11-2 this season. They're 5-12 and 12 since. The Grizz are 8-2 the last 10. They're 18-9. Uh, the Pelicans lost last night. They're 8-2 of their last 10. They're also 18-9. The Mets, hey, the Mets. Kodai Senga, Bumbles is going crazy. Scotty two times. What's up, Scotty? You want to talk anything sports? Bring it, bring it. I like that picture too, man. That's a good picture of you, dude. Good picture. But... Kodai Senga, five years, seventy-five million. Japanese pitcher has some elbow issues, some command issues. But in the World Baseball Classic, as Bumble sent me, he throws one hundred two miles per hour. The guy has heat. He's been working in the off seasons with you, Darvish. He's a disciple of him. That could work in his favor. Eleven seasons in the in the NPL, the in the Nippon Pro League, two fifty nine, two point five nine ERA, ten point three Ks. Three walks per nine innings pitched. He triggered an opt-out so they didn't have to pay a posting fee to his team, which is a good thing. You know, I mean, so five years, $75 million. He uh, Joel Sherman from the Post, New York Post, says opt-out after third year, no trade clause. He'll be 30 in January. 
uh, fastball triple digits. He's a strong forkball, fork strong splitter. He played for the Fukaka uh, Scott Bank Hawks. 194, 1.94 ERA, 156 Ks last season. So they said he's he's got heat. He can throw. You got now. You got that starter. You got you got you got Scherzer, Verlander. You got uh, Kodai Senga. You have Carrasco. I saw that Bassett went for three years, sixty-three million to the Blue Jays. Somebody offered him a. I, I, someone wrote that he got offered six years, one hundred eight million, but he took three years for sixty-three million. I can't believe he turned down six years. You saw Carlos Correa got thirteen years, three hundred fifty million dollars. That's a shitload of money, man. From the Giants, so Damon, you got your one of your guys finally. So he's not going to the Mets. I still think the Mets need hitting because they're going to lose a lot of one nothing game or two one games because they still need hitting. I mean, you got Lindor, you brought back Nimmo for you know six years under eighty two million. You got um, I always blank on the the first Mets first baseman. I, I can't. Yeah, Pete Alonso. You still got you got Pete Alonso, but you need more hitting. And you you, you also have who was had the core injury and missed the end of the season for the Mets. Mets, uh, Mets uh, lineup. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm lineup. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm blanking on names. Yeah, wait a minute. So they had. Yeah, Vogelback. No, not Kana. Not Alonzo. Not Lindor. Marte. Marte got injured. That hurt them in the playoffs. We'll see how that comes going forward. But hey, we'll see what happens to the Mets. Ceiling high. Carrasco. They could trade him. I don't think they should because I know you have Peterson and Tyler McGill for depth. You got to keep Carrasco. I know, and it's $14 million. If you spent over $300 million on payroll, and with the luxury tax, it's going to be a lot higher. I think you keep all these guys. That's me. I think you keep all these guys, and you see what happens going forward. So we'll see what happens this coming season. I mean, time will tell on that front. And Big Ten gets a, gets a black head coach in former, in the Illinois defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. Illinois this past season, number one scoring defense, 12 points a game. Second in total defense, 263 yards a game. He's only 36 years old. I, I like that. I, I like that. And then Kent State got former uh, Miami, I'm sorry, Minnesota running back coach, Kenny Burns, who worked with P.J. Fleck back at Western Michigan. Remember 2016 with Corey Davis? They went to the Cotton Bowl, and they went 13-1. and, 13 and one. He, Muhammad Ibrahim was a 2020 Big Ten Runner of the Year. And also, Roddy Smith is the program leader in all-purpose yards. He's very good, but Kent State has a tough schedule next season. They start at UCF. They have games away at Fresno State and Arkansas. So two black coaches getting in college football. I like seeing that. I, I'm curious to see what Ryan Walters is going to do at Purdue. I forgot to say where he was going. I was so excited to talk about all this stuff. You know, I haven't done a show in a while, so I, I'm a little pent up with energy and all that stuff. And I like that. I like young coaches. I like Kenny Burns getting a shot. With a Mac team, we'll see what happens. I talked about Correa. Twins offered him ten years for two eighty-five. Now D D Dansby Swanson is now the guy. They said he is going to get a shitload of money. Everybody that doesn't have one, the Dodgers are going to offer him a shitload of money. The Twins are going to offer him. We'll see what happens on that front. Time will tell. Bucks beat Golden State last night. Golden State is two and twelve on the road. They're fourteen and fourteen. Bucks are twenty and seven. Two and twelve. Golden State not getting a job. In done on the road and I saw that um, uh, Draymond Green got into an argument with a fan and got a fan tossed from the game I was like I don't think I've ever seen that before and Grant Wall the, you know I, I had read and people had thought that there might have been some funny business that he'd been murdered while he was there he had an undetected 
aortic aneurysm. You can't do anything. They wouldn't matter. Once it once that happens, you're done. And that's sad. That's really 48 years young. And I read an article today about Sarah Lang. Sarah Langs is a statistician who's been covering baseball ever since she went to, she grew up a Mets fan in New York, went to the University of Chicago, worked at ESPN Stats and Info. She's worked her way up. She's phenomenal. If you don't follow it, follow Sarah Langs on Twitter. She has, she has a couple of years ago, she was had a foot problem. She has ALS. She's 29 years old. The, the life expectancy is three to five years. She's 29 years old. And that's, that's terrible. I, I saw that, and she just said, I don't want people to feel, people to feel sorry for me. I'm doing what I love. I'm, I'm writing about, talking about baseball. And she always has the tagline, baseball is the best. And I read it. It just, it's terrible. I mean, Carl Ravitch cried. Uh, Buster Olney, I mean, he said it was the worst phone call I ever got. I mean, 29 years old, you're just getting your life started. It shouldn't be. And she's noticed her speech has slowed down. She's in a wheelchair now. It was, I, I just was like, stuff like that just... And she just, she's like, hey, I got to, these are the cards I was dealt right now. I got to keep on moving. I thought that was great. And Paul Silas, rest in peace. Great basketball player, great coach. Everybody spoke highly of him. Said he was a great guy. And uh, he, he passed away a couple days ago. You, you had, you had ba college basketball. Bama beat Memphis 91-88 at home. They beat, three years ago, they beat Houston. Number one Houston. The number four in the country. They just beat Memphis at home. And they're nine and one. Memphis is eight and three. Isles lost in a shootout to the Bruins. The Stars beat the Devils are on a little bit of a schneid. They lost to the Rangers the other night. How about this? The Rangers have had fifteen of their thirty games. They were tied after two periods. They have nine, nine wins, one tie, and five overtime losses after they beat the Devils in overtime the other night. UNC had twenty four. Assist the season high this year. They beat the Citadel 167. They're seven and four. We'll see what happens going for Baycott had a double double. And listen to this U.S. sprinter Randall Randolph Ross was suspended three years and he's eligible for the 2024 Olympics. 2020, he was eliminated in Tokyo in the 400 meter he heats. Why? Why was he suspended for three years? He faked an email to anti doping authorities. So I go, what does that mean? He changed the date in an email to align with an address change that led to his last misled test on June 18th per track and field news. He missed three out-of-competition drug tests. Dude, that's on you. So he's he's suspended through June 30th, 2025, which is an eternity for a for a sprinter. But if you know what you have to do these out-of-competition drug tests, it's got to be in your fucking calendar. Like, you know you're going to get tested. And to then to miss three and then to try to change, forge a, change a date on an email... Dude, you know you're going to get busted. And I saw that. I was like, dude, what are you doing? That's just, no, that's that's no bueno. I saw Ross Stripling got two years, $25 million. He won 10 games with Toronto last year. He got a two-year, $25 million contract with the Giants. And Brendan Armstrong, two years ago, he averaged over 400 yards passing a game. This past year, 22-10 for Virginia. Did not have a good season. And they canceled the last two games after the murder of the students on campus. Seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He could be Luke Fickle. He's going to have a um, go-to and Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. He's going to play another year of football. Two years ago, they were talking about him being a first-round draft pick, and this past year was just a shit show. But you know, as you can see in the NFL, there are more shitty quarterbacks than good quarterbacks. I mean, Sam Darnold and Bailey Zappi are the only quarterbacks undefeated with two or more starts this year. Well, they both only had two starts. And Baker Mayfield will see if he continues this renaissance of his career this week on Monday Night Football against Green Bay. We'll see if that happens. And I'll tell you, 
This Patty the Batty, I watched UFC 282. He got his ass kicked. Jared Flash Gordon beat his ass on Saturday night at UFC 282. There was no two ways around it. He lost that fight. And I was talking to Damien about him. They, they're trying to push him like he's Conor McGregor. He is no Conor McGregor. He lost that fight. He did not win it. He goes, he was, it was, it was an easy, and they gave him unanimous decision. It's, it's nice to know that boxing and, and MMA both have judges that are blind as fucking bats because there is no way he won that fight. He got his ass kicked. That was ridiculous. And Magomed Ankalaev, he beat uh, Jan Wojovic. Wojovic had nothing. He was gassed. Done the last two rounds. And and I'll tell you, uh, Ankalaev was getting hit in the leg and he was like grabbing his leg the first couple of, I thought it was over. And he came on and just kept going and kicking his ass. That was a fight. Uh, I watched this Illy, uh, Ilya uh, Toporia, 13-0 as a fever, featherweight. He beat the shit out of this Bryce Mitchell. Arm triangle, second round. God damn. But, but the fight, the fight was, the fight I saw, the fight was Santiago Ponce Nibio was, was the Argentina dagger, beat up the first two rounds, TKO third round over Alex Mar Mar I, His whole face was beat up. And I thought, okay, Ponce Nibio was done. Third round, he comes out and just, he hits Morano in the face, Alex Morano, and you saw the light go out of his eyes. Like he got hit, his jaw went to the side, and you were like, he's done. It is over. And it was over. It was over, folks. It was over. That was great. And then he would 18 year old Paul Rosas Jr., the first round. He won the first round. Youngest fighter to compete inside at UFC Octagon. Bantamweight, rear naked choke, won his fight. I was like, God, 18 years old. And now he goes, he wanted the $50,000 bonus so he could buy his mom a minivan so he could get to and from practice, you know, training. I thought that was crazy. Knicks, four in a row. They play tonight. At the Bulls, they're 14 and 13. Bulls are 11 and 15. 14 and 13, good. So the Knicks can finish like 41 and 41. I'm so excited. Nets don't play until Friday night. Jacques Vaughn, 15 and 7 since taking over. I'm glad he got the head coaching job. They play Friday at the Raptors. 4 and 1 their last 5. 8 and 1 their last 9. They're 17 and 12. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, and they are a well... Cody Mallory says... Nets are a well-coached group, something he's been waiting to say for a long... I agree. They're playing a lot better right now. That's awesome. And you know when they had eight guys out the other night, Cam Thomas had a career high 33, so they're getting it done with everybody. I mean, I, I think Jacques, when they were playing the bubble, Jacques Vaughn was coaching them and coaching them well, man. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, I was really pumped about that. And uh, Prime already got Dylan Edwards, the number four running back, who recently decommitted from Notre Dame. So they're getting guys there. That's cool. Unbelievable. Three highs. So now, if you count Reggie Bush's Heisman, they have eight USC, the most ever. I'm counting it. Williams is only 20. Dugan got the most. Duggan, I'm sorry. Max Duggan got the most votes for a runner-up since Tua in 2018. Stroud finished third. Bennett fourth. And Hennon Hooker finished fifth. Yeah. Yeah, and they said Army and App State should both play their own bowl game since they both played against FCS teams. And they are ineligible for a bowl game and i'm like okay well yeah good luck with that all right i had old notes which i'm not yeah carlos correa he's coming morocco congrats to them oh kevin kiermeyer got signed by the blue jays i like him i mean he hasn't really hit the last couple of years been injured a lot but he can play center field he can he can run the bases might be good 
Mississippi State to promote Zach Arnett to permanent head coach reports say. So they're going to keep it in-house. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, now I had some other stuff I wanted to talk about today. I'm going to finish with this. Yeah, the NFL, I talked about that. How about this? Okay, according to NFL and Nielsen, on average, an average of 44.1 million viewers watch NFL games on Thanksgiving, 31% higher than the 33.6 million initially reported. Yeah, football's cake. And how about this? During an appearance on FanDuel TV's Up and Adam show, Hall of Famer Chris Carter recalled a conversation he had with Tom Brady Sr. prior to Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl title with the Buccaneers in 2021. And this is what he said about his son. He goes, the night before the game, I happened to meet up with Tom Brady's dad and asked him what he thought about the game, the opportunity to win a game, Carter told host Kay Adams. He said the only thing he was worried about is the kid, the kid won't go home. He said, the kid is outside still playing and he won't come in. It's raining everything. He said, I'm only afraid the kid won't stop playing even if he wins. And he is a he is a free agent. They, they're talking about the Jets maybe next year. They're talking about the Patriots next year. He is not going to stop playing. He's got divorced now. He doesn't have the wife to worry about, about him re- unretiring and all that shit. He is going to keep playing. Cole Beasley, unretired. They said he's unretired more times than he's got vaccination shots. But that was interesting. A very telling thing with the dad saying, I don't think he's ever going to stop playing. What else is going to give him that level? I mean, they have this that he's going to become an announcer. He's going to suck. Tom Brady is not an announcer. He doesn't have that kind of... Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll turn out to be a guy, but I, I can't see him doing announcing and being that guy where I'm going to want to listen. And I know he got signed, what, $375 million? But I th- he's definitely coming back next year. He is not retiring. I don't think he has the team around him. I know Stephen A. Smith blames him for the team. There's something missing with that Bucks team this year. They're just not the same team. They're just something really missing. But we'll see what happens going forward. But I thought that was very telling that the dad's like, he's never going to leave the field. What is going on with my phone? Yeah, my phone just like went dead. Oh, and they the NBA and the NBA's Players Association extended the deadline to opt out of the current CBA from December 15th to February 8th. This is what the thing is. The players, they want a new age limit. So 18-year-olds basically can come out of high school, go back. Right now it's 19. And also, I think the owners want a hard cap, which I don't know if they're going to, they want that hard cap. Yeah. And they'll have more. It means that they're close. They're working toward an agreement. And we'll see what happens because these guys are going to play paid a shitload of money. But we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, a hard cap on spending or an upper spending limit, though. It's not the first time they've pursued it. It's also expected to include a mental health designation for players to cite similar to how physical injuries are handled. We'll see if that works out. And Carlos Correa, I know we signed this huge deal. He just completed his age 27 season. Only five shortstops in Major League history have more wins above replacement than him through his age. So listen to this. So Correa had a his war from 19. His war is 39.5. Alex Rodriguez was 63.6. Even Robin, Robin Yass was 44.7. Cal Ripken Jr. was 43.6. It's just a different game now. I mean, Correa, that's what they're paying the guy. And I was talking to Hal about him. He said it's too many years, and he gets hurt a lot. We'll see what happens. Hey, he's still young, but you're t- going to pay this guy through 41. Those long deals, Cano didn't work out. Pujols didn't work out. I mean, we'll see what happens with um, uh, Stanton up and down. Uh, uh, Trout's been hurt a lot. 
I mean, the next guy who's going to get a big contract is uh, Otani. And Otani's, there's nobody like Otani. Otani's his own guy. And Georgia could be getting back Lad McConkie, the team's lead, top wide receiver. He landed a weird on his knee. And Warren McClendon, the starting right tackle, which will be good for them going forward because they need those guys for the for the game against the dump. I saw Trevion Henderson, the running back for Ohio State, had foot surgery and he is out for the season. Shaw Miller, no all the though the 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 charges, the recruiting violation charges were all dropped from his time at Arizona. He's now at Xavier. So that's all done. Alleged 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 recruiting violations. So he was he was exonerated. He was uh, exonerated. Is that the word? He was cleared of all charges. That's the word I'm going to use right there. Yeah, and the Mets. They said with the luxury tax, it's going to be Mets payroll now three hundred forty nine point five seven million, which is crazy. They could be pushing close to four hundred million with the luxury tax. And Verlander had a press conference yesterday. Today was Jose Quintana. Tomorrow's Nimmo. Thursday's David Robinson, who they got for one year, ten million. And Kode Senga is Friday. Thank you, Mark Gooden. So listen to this. So this month, the Braves added Sean Murphy, who they said he doesn't really hit well, but he's a good defensive guy, catcher for the Braves. Mets got Verlander, Kode Senga, Jose Quintana, and Risa Brandon Nimmo. Phillies got Trey Turner. Marlins got brought back Sandy Alcantara. And the Nats did not get one settle back. And Michigan sent me something on here. Samantha Holloway is sent to top of Cracker as new co-owner. UM alum Samantha Holloway is the new co-owner of the Seattle Kraken, becoming just the third principal fee. Where'd she make her money? Now I'm very... Samantha Holloway. Wow. How is this? Wow. Who in recent weeks quietly joined her billionaire father, David Bonderman, as the equal co-owner of the second... Oh, okay. Okay. That's why. Yeah. Billionaire dad. Okay. Well, hey, he wants to bring somebody in. So she founded two tech two tech companies, one of which she sold two years ago. That's pretty cool. She's the third principal female owner, joining Ann Walton Cronkey of the Avalanche and Kim Pagula of the Sabres, who co-owns with her husband, Terry. That's pretty cool. And she's a UM grad, so I know Michigan asked her. She's very excited about that. So cool about that. How about that? She played high school basketball, soccer, and softball in Washington, D.C. She picked Michigan partly because she'd been a huge fan of the Fab Five men's basketball team a, a, a decade prior. She handled the customer side of Go Spot Check, the tech company, the tech company she sold. Okay. She's super competitive, enjoys cracking, and they're playing a lot better. Their son was crying after they lost the opening game. All right. Congrats to her. Pretty cool stuff, right? I like getting stuff like that. Okay. And Texas. Dude, Chris Beard. So listen to this. This is all alleged. Now, Hal told me he was suspended without pay, but that Beard's lawyers say that she's not going to go forward and pressing charges. But this was what allegedly happened. A woman told police, Beard, this happened This happened 4.18 in the morning. The cops came over. Choked me, threw me off the bed, bit me, bruises all over my leg, throwing me around and going nuts. She said the choking lasted for five seconds and impeded her breathing. And he said that Chris Beard told police that he has audio recordings showing he was not the primary aggressor. He was asked if he would be willing to share those audio recordings, to which he said no. Thank you, Ryan Otolo, for that one. 
dude, what, what's going on here, dude? Nothing good happens after two o'clock in the morning. And 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 um and Hal said he wanted them to be the Coach K of Austin. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Now listen, this is nuts. This is from Bob Nightingale. Ten current players have contracts of, of eleven years or more after Cl- Carlos Correa's eleven-year, three hundred fifty million dollar deal. Correa got Tatis's fourteen-year deal. Correa's a thirteen. Bryce Harper's a thirteen. Stanton has a thirteen-year deal. Julio Rodriguez, Mookie Betts, and Mike Trout twelve. Xander Bogarts got 11, Trey Turner got 11, and Wander Franco with the Rays got 11. That is crazy. That is nuts. That is nuts. And Purdue is number one in the country. Last time they were number one, they lost to, they lost to, they lost to Rutgers. So I was like, all right. And UNC is not even ranked, which makes sense because they're playing like shit. Yeah. Mark Sanchez. Ha- so Sam Farmer had dinner with Mark Sanchez. He said he had dinner with Mark Sanchez at a Philadelphia steakhouse when he signed with the Eagles. Guy approached table and said he was a huge fan and I never booed you. Sanchez politely thanked him, even though he didn't buy it. Guy left and Sanchez quipped, my own family booed me. (laughs) I said, Sam Farmer, I want to take you out for dinner and I want you to just tell me stories. And he liked it. And he's liked a lot of my stuff, to be honest with you, because I, I am a funny guy and I speak from the heart. I thought that was good. Yeah, Marcus Mariota, you're done. And this is an awesome, this is great. Steven Jackson tells a story about how a 47-year-old Michael Michael Jordan went off on him and his Charlotte Bobcat teammates after a loss and came into practice the next day and beat the starting lineup with backups. I told myself, that's why he's the GOAT. 47 years old, he comes into practice after they lose and with the backups, beats the starters of an NBA team at 47. That story, that one I was like, that is the best. Thank you, Hornets coverage for that one. That to me was one of the best stories ever. That to me was like, that is the shit. That is awesome. I love that. And the Broncos have not made the playoffs since every year since 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big hangover. And Michigan has joined the house. Michigan has joined the house. Yeah, North Texas is bringing in Washington State offensive coordinator Eric Morris. He's taking over Seth Luttrell, who was fired after going 44-44. and 44. Good for him. I, I like that a lot. On oh, the NBA awards, so the Michael Jordan Trophy is going to be given to the league MVP. I like that. Clutch Player of the Year award, Jerry West. He was a clutch player. The Rookie of the Year award going to Wilt. He won Rookie of the Year and MVP the same season. George Mikan will be impor- given to the Most Improved Player. And the Defensive Player of the Year, Hakeem the Dream. And the sixth man of the year will be the John Havlicek trophy who came off the bench a lot. I like that. They're pretty cool looking. They're very they're very pretty. Oh, and this one's awesome. Seth Curry awarded Jordan Poole with the best free throw shooter trophy for, for last season. Poole, he said, compliments to my mother. She told me a very, very young at a very, very young age, how am I missing free throws when there's no one guarding me? See, that's what every player should say. No one guarding me. I have no excuses. It's me and the goddamn hoop. Work on your goddamn free throws. Guys, you got to work on your free throws. Kind of like we, oh, so we went to the game on Sunday and Mark and Ari took me to see, it was the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame games or whatever. And we saw Maryland down 34-17 to half to number seven, Tennessee. And they couldn't, they, they ended up losing 55-52 or 54-51. Trying to remember what the hell the score of the game was. And let me tell you, man, they could not, it, it was ugly. It was, it was ugly. Yeah. They're playing UCLA. Actually, it's tonight. Is it tonight? It's night before. Yeah, tonight. And Ari's roommate is going, was going to go to the game. They're playing, they're hosting 
UCLA, but they beat, they played, um, they lost 56-53 to Tennessee, and it, it was it was not pretty. Yeah, they were down 34-17 in that first half. They ended up going 36-22 second half. But listen to this. They were 17 for 52 shooting uh, Maryland. Two for 24 from three. They were 17 for 22 on free throws, whereas Tennessee was 11 of 21. It was ugly. There was 21 offensive rebounds to eight for Maryland. And I never saw, I never saw so many missed layups in my life. It was ugly. And, and every time they got it down to one, Maryland, they couldn't, they couldn't get a shot. They couldn't get the win. It was an ugly game. It was a lot of fun. We went to Barclays. So I had a lot of fun. That I had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun going with them. Yeah. And I realized I'm talking way, way too much. All right. So let me get. Yeah, I'm done talking. I talked about that. Oh, and Devin Booker on Saturday went to Moss. You, University of Whitewater Wrestling. Everybody's joining today. You want to talk MMA? I want to. I, did you watch MMA? Did you watch UFC 282? I want to talk. If you if you want to talk, let's talk. Anything you want to talk about, JD talking sports, bring it up right now. But Devin Booker returned Saturday to Moss Point, Mississippi, to have his high school jersey retired at the gym. He said, it's a place me and my dad named the Dungeon, and we put a lot of reps in there. That's where all the work went, the blood, sweat, and tears. Thank you, Dwayne du- Rankin. UCLA soccer extended Marguerite Azosa's contract as coach of the women's soccer team to January 2028. UCLA won its second title. She became the first rookie coach and first woman of color to win an NCAA D1 women's soccer title. You see Errol Spence got hit head on by a 14-year-old that took a kid, took his car out in, in, in Texas, in the greater Dallas area, on a joyride. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, the Yankees want Rodon. I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see if that happens. Bassett got three years, $63 million. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I got. All right, let me get some trivia questions and call it a day. Yeah, I was all excited, but, you know. All right. Last show's trivia question was... All right, last show's trivia question was... Last set of teammates to win offensive and defensive rookie of the years. The first time in 67, the Lions Mel Farr running back and Lem Barney cornerback won. And the most recent was 2018... Alvin Kamara, running back, and Marcus Lattimore, cornerback of the Saints. The Jets have a shot with Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver, and Sauce Gardner is going to win defensive play, defensive rookie of the year. That's going to happen. Oh, and I talked about this earlier in the show. What is Lincoln Riley the first college football coach to do? What he became the first college football coach to do? What? That's what. That's true. Trivia question today. U U uh, UW University of Wisconsin Whitewater Wrestling joined Scotty two times. Osmano, Vakbar, 87, all joint. Guys, if you're going to come on live, talk to me. Come on, that's why I do the show. Let's talk sports. Let's talk about something. People quiet today, man. So you got the the Knicks at the Bulls. I don't... Who else is playing today? I don't think the Rangers are playing. The Rangers... I don't think the Rangers are playing tonight. They played two nights... They beat the Devils two nights ago. Yeah, you got the Knicks. Friday, we got bowl game starting. I cannot wait. Oh, oh, oh. Saturday, North Carolina at the dump in the CBS Sports Classic. All right, cool. With that. I'm cool. With, I'm cool with that. Today we have in hockey. Yep, no local teams, and the Knicks are playing. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, did I miss anything else? Yeah, Ovechkin, 800 goals. Sarah Langs. Yeah, so defensive coordinator Zach Arnett expected to sign a four-year deal to become head coach after Mike Leach's death. 
Tyler Huntley was a full participant in Wednesday practice. Yeah, he's going to play. You're not, Lamar Jackson's out for a while. Morocco, congrats on the run. Ken Walker's going to play Thursday for Seattle. That's good. He missed last week with an ankle injury. And Saints claim Eno Benjamin, who was cut by the Texans on Tuesday. That's his third team this season. These guys get picked up. Hey, you always need guys. Lance Lynn and Nate Avaldi join World Baseball Classic squad. All right. And Waller and Renfro to return to practice. Windows to return. I guess they have 24 days for the Raiders. They need both guys. Well, the season's pretty much over. Five and eight, they're pretty much done. We'll see what happens. All right. That's all I got for today. Send them out to Michigan. My parents, Mrs. S. Guys, thanks for listening. Damien, always great stuff. Bumbles, you give me. Hal, I, I love I love all you. Gumbo Chef working out tomorrow. Everybody, everybody sends me stuff. And I really appreciate it. Because, you know, I love doing this show. And let's listen, rest in peace. This is terrible. Ellen DeGeneres' dancer, which real Stephen Twitch boss died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I suffer from depression. I have tried, I have, I have, I've had suicide attempts twice in college, and I talk about it openly. And to be 40 years old, he just celebrated his ninth wedding anniversary. He left the three kids, I think 14, five, and three, in a hotel room. He left the house without taking his car, his wife said, which was unusual for him. They heard gunshot, and he, something, 40 years old, way too young. He had, he put these great dance videos up during the pandemic. And my therapist talked about him, that she watched the videos. It was good work after him. Way too young. If you have problems, I'm, my, my, my buddy Lanker said, well, I remember a couple of years ago I was feeling down, and he, he called my parents. He goes, I'm really concerned. I got back into therapy. I haven't left since. And you, you got to, listen, if you have problems, the only person that's, no one's going to know unless you tell them. And don't let it get to a point like that where you're taking your own life, especially with three kids and a wife. Just celebrate your ninth wedding anniversary. I'm not saying I don't know what was going on with him, so I'm not going to, it's not a judgment, but I, I wish I could have helped him. I just wish he would have. So always have someone you can talk to. Always, always do that stuff. It's very important. So I'm sending my condolence, my, 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 my thoughts, my thoughts of to, to my, to this family for what they're going through right now, which you can't, nothing you can, nothing you can say to make it better. But if you, if you're feeling down, especially with the holidays, a lot of people get down over the holidays, man. You know, Hey, call me. Text me, DM me, whatever. I'm here for you, okay? I've been through it. I go through it all the time. You know, it happens. Nobody's perfect. All right? So send them my love. Yeah, I don't want to end it with a downer, but that was, whew, that really, that, I was not, that was a shock. So everybody have a great day. Peace out. I'll talk to you soon. Adios.